Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And tonight we might have a shorter than normal episode for you because Kyle has to get to his dad bod modeling competition at seven o'clock. So we got to kind of push through things here. We're getting a little bit of a late start. But um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we are Phoenix's only podcast about geek and <laughs> nerd subculture that is worth listening to. There Don't you listen go. to anybody else. We're the only ones you need to listen to. We give you all the news, all the facts, all our hard, groundbreaking opinions. You don't need anybody else. Like, you don't need to hear anybody else's opinion. We're the only ones that matter. Our opinions are best. Right? Our opinions are best. And I'm not being full of myself. It's just the truth, damn it. It's not cocky when it's true. That's right. It is not cocky when it's true. You know, it's not bragging when you're that darn good. But, uh, no. Again, um, you're listening to... Uh, not to toot our own horn, beep beep, but Phoenix's premier geek and nerd podcast. We cover everything from movies, TV shows, comic books, anything and everything going on in the geek world that you want to know about. Some pop called other pop culture stuff. But uh, welcome everyone. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. You already know what to expect from us and our awesomeness and just how great we are. Speaking of greatness, as always, I got the great Kyle. With me, what's going on, Kyle? Nothing. Nothing. You got absolutely nothing going on, huh? Just my dad bod contest at seven. That's right. You gotta get there, right? I did get uh, my J. Scott Campbell's. Yeah, I have. I've been working out a lot. Shedding those uh, competition mattered to you. You're in it to win it this year. Yeah, I shedded all those uh, bodies by pizza pounds. Ah, there you go. Took a while. That's old school. That's old school. Absolute geek podcast right there. (laughs) Bodies by pizza. Yeah, it's been a while since I referenced that one. <laughs> I got my J. Scott Campbell Danger Girl 20 Years cover, our book in the mail yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I I was all excited I got the book, pulled it out of the mailbox yesterday, and I was like, ah, this doesn't feel like a normal comic book. I thought I like, like, you know, sometimes what J. Scott Campbell does is he... He'll throw in an extra book or he'll he'll do like a sketch cover and he'll do, you know what I mean, and put it in there or or throw in an autographed, you know, additional book, you know, and I never win anything. It's just not my luck. And I pulled out the, which you know, those Gemini mailers. Yeah. So it's one of those and you pull them out. And I was like, oh, there's some weight to this. Oh, I wonder if there's a contest that I won that, you know, like a secret contest or something. I pulled out. No, the book's just thick as fuck. <laughs> Oh, da- oh, damn it, I cussed. <laughs> oh, no, you cussed. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, probably like, maybe like three comic books in one. Nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's most of the Danger Girl issues. But yeah, it's a sweet cover. I don't know. I'm still a big fan of J. Scott Campbell's cover. So I know a lot of people have kind of grown against them, you know, 
like he's changed it. You know, his style's changed a little bit. So, I don't know. I haven't had a problem with him and his his cat face girl pictures. <laughs> but I got my yeah, I got my danger girl one, and the other day I got my Domino one. So. Domino one, huh? Domino yeah. Pizza. And then I also just got my uh, one in fifty Venom number one J. Scott Campbell variant. Look at you. Look at this variant guy. Right, Mr. Variant Guy. We're over here trying to stop the plague of variants, and you're over here buying into the plague of variants. Only J. Scott Campbell. It's Mr. like the Variant only guy. It's like the only. He's the worst one because he he charges outrageously for those price, for those books. What? Those like fifteen, sixteen dollar books? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, for a fucking cover. You get the whole book. For a cover, child, please. But the Venom one is a 1 in 50 uh, variant, if that matters. I just like J. Scott Campbell. And I'm interested in the Venom, this new Venom one, because Donnie Cates is writing it now. Well, I mean, like you said, we bitch about variants constantly, and you're sitting here buying variants. I secretly do it. God damn it, Kyle. I bought uh You're a problem. You're a real, real problem. You know that? I'm you've contributing to the problem. <laughs> you've been a problem since the day one we started this goddamn show because you've been a problem since the moment you came on this show and you're like, I'm so done with CBS and I'm so done with grading books. And now every time we, we go to a convention, i got to go get my books graded. I'll get my books graded. i got to send them off. I hate variants. Variants are killing everything. There's so many variants. There's so many variants to this. Guess what variants I got? You are part of the problem, goddammit. You are I part just of the fucking problem. I just like the bitch. <laughs> That's what you get paid the big bucks to do, right? Yep. Change Did your you... name. You've had many of Alias on this show from when you started, from Restrictor Plate to Bodies by Pizza to now The Bitcher. I like that you one. Do? That's my job. Right? J. Scott like Campbell is that's just my that's just the variant cover that the variant covers that I buy. Him and um Raphael Albuquerque, huh? Yeah, him too. But mostly, uh, yeah, I guess him too. No, and I, I, I'm just giving you shit because J. Scott Campbell's covers are are more like a work of art than the Ari comic book cover. I have a couple of them myself. I actually have a book that he's autographed twice because, yeah, circumstances. I love that. I love that story. Do you? Yeah. You're there for it. It's, You're part of it. It's one of my favorite San Diego uh, Comic-Con uh, stories. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think I think mine is still uh, the tweeting, the drunken bus ride. That was the greatest. That was so much when fun. We got lost. <laughs> we got lost tra- and traveled through San Diego while mm-hmm. our bus driver had a, had a meltdown. We did not get lost. The bus driver got lost. We were just a part oh, yeah. of the bus driver being lost. We were just helpless passengers on the bus li- ride from hell. Live tweeting. Live tweeting it, yep. That's the stuff you can't get anywhere except places like San Diego. Well, I got an issue this week that kind of singes the old testicle hairs. Uh-oh. Or singes, or grinds my gears, however you want to say it. Um, DC Comics announced last week, right as we were done recording, that they're going to raise the prices on their on their mainstay books from $2.99 to $3.99. What that to me goes against everything they set in place with um, Rebirth. That to me officially announces the end of this Rebirth um, 
period, I guess you could say. Uh, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, what, what do you think about about DC raising those prices? It 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 burns me up only because they made it such a point. Even when we went to that that panel for it, that press panel, they made it such a point to harp on the two ninety nine price point, two ninety nine price point, two ninety nine price point. We will never raise our books. All books will be two ninety nine. And then a couple months into the first wave of rebirth, they jump the prices on certain books to well, on their their monthly books to two ninety nine or to three ninety nine. But their biweekly stuff was still gonna stay two ninety nine. And now everything is going to be three ninety nine. So that not only were we complaining that they were getting more money from you by buying Batman twice a week, or sorry, not twice a week, but twice a month at two ninety nine. Now they will expect you to buy Batman twice a month at three ninety nine. So yeah, I I don't think it's a big deal if they, what they need to do is if they they made the price more, what they need to do is they need to just make it once a month then. Don't make it twice because now we're spending eight dollars every two weeks instead of you know six. I mean, and it adds up. And if, and if you're like me and most people, you have a lot of titles. Now, what does this does is okay, which titles can I go without? So now I need to sit back, which I was already planning on doing anyway. But I need to sit back and go, okay. Well, I didn't mind reading it, but for the extra money. I'm just going to have to not read it and I'll just have to wait till it's, you know, till it's a trade paperback now. And that that's what that's what them raising the price and keeping them at it twice a month does. It makes me I'll just have to wait or I'll find them online and read them for free. Well, <clears throat> yeah, but like, I don't know, does that does that kind of throw up maybe a red flag for DC or show some sort of like distress that. Okay, or do you think do you think it's just that they're finally saying, all right, we're at the end of the rebirth period. Rebirth has done what we wanted to do. We're going to start moving into a different direction, and now we're going to raise the price point on these books. I think a lot of it is is, is you know Bendis going over. Um, comics are comics are hot right now. Lots of people are buying comics, so I think these artists and writers and stuff they're demanding a premium for their services, which they're entitled to. And I think this is how they're having to pay for that and then still make their profit that they that DC needs to make. Because there's already been that rumor floating around out there that that Jim Lee took to Twitter last Friday to kind of denounce. There's that rumor out there that DC is getting set to reboot again. That they're going to reboot once again. They better. Now, they better not. What would they? How can they reboot? They already put everything back in line. The only thing they need to stop doing is they really need to just keep artists and writers together and let them create and that's that's i think the biggest downfall of what dc is doing right now well i think the problem that they have is the same problem that marvel has is that they're putting out too many books too many standalone books that people aren't reading we don't need like there's too many books like do we really need a plastic man standalone series probably not you know do you really need you don't need some of these these characters that you're you're getting and they're they're pushing themselves i i I don't want to say spreading themselves thin but they're not really doing that i don't know really how to describe it they're printing all these books and then people aren't buying them and then so now they're canceling titles and upon canceling their titles they're going oh well we're going to we're gonna 
just up the prices on books. Yeah, I it, it feel like it's to offset the fact that they they brought out all these titles that didn't sell well, and now they're trying to make up for that. And it sucks because, and part of what they're doing is they're—I mean—they're cutting out a bunch of titles, and like they're cutting out Super Sons, which is a bummer because that was a good selling book. So I—I'm th- hoping what they do is they cut titles down with the plans of something bigger to go behind it and make it worth it. Well, it doesn't, it, and I don't know. It doesn't sound like that. It just sounds like they're cutting titles to cut titles and they're going to raise the price. It almost makes me wonder if like this is an initial reaction to that, that streaming service they're talking about starting is that, okay, they need to get more behind that. So they're, they're raising more money for the books. I I don't know. To me, it, it just doesn't make sense of why they would do it because it was such a hard selling point and they made it a point to drive it in your head that these books were going to be 299 they weren't going to raise the price they understood the consumer they wanted you buying dc books and that's why they they undercut marvel by a dollar well in most most uh image books as well but yeah it's but just mo- such mo- a hard po- driving point that now they're kind of backpedaling on it i think most marvel books are like f- 5.99 now aren't they um i mean big event books are like 4.99 yeah I don't know. I don't buy very many Marvel books, but I don't know. I just, I just remember that we were we were harping on it so bad, and harping on, you know, sat there and we ate crow for the first time I think ever in this show. We ate crow and we had to come back and say, Rebirth actually been good and was actually a good thing to the point where we said Marvel needs to do something along those lines. But now, it to me the problem comes in when you're walking it back. You're walking back. The promise of well, we're going to do this two ninety nine price point. I mean, is a is a dollar? I guess a dollar a book does add up if you're selling tons of books. But in the on the flip side, though, you're going to have people do exactly what you said. They're going to start canceling titles. They're going to start going, okay, what titles do I read? What titles do I not? What titles am I just picking up to continue the story? What what do I got to keep up on? What do I care about? What do I not care about? And I'm more inclined, and that's how I mean. That's how you get new readers. I'm more inclined to pick up a comic, a number one issue, or a comic off the shelf if it's two ninety nine versus three ninety nine. You know, if I if I see something that catches in my eye, I'm like, oh man, two ninety nine. All right, yeah, it's only a dollar difference, but in the normal consumer's mind, that's a lot of that's a huge difference, and you're like more likely to pick up a random book that you would have never picked up before. Instead of just looking past and go, oh, that looks kind of cool, but I'm not spending the money for that. That's what I do with Marvel. Because, I mean, I look at it, oh, new title, uh, five bucks. Uh, I'll pass because it's probably not good because I'm just going off of, uh, you know, judgment from past experience. Years of dealing with Dan Slott. Yep. Or any other Marvel, big Marvel event that happens that's going to start off strong and fizzle in the end. What DC actually needs to do is is go ahead, do your price increase, slow your books down to once a month like normal, and then keep your keep your teams together because, like you know, like Nightwing. I mean, it's switched teams now. Like I think I don't even know who's writing it now. You know, Tim Seeley stopped writing it a long time ago. And it really fell, and I've really lost interest in it. And as much as I like Nightwing, that one is on the chopping block now. You know, well, I, to me, to me, the team changing teams is fine. It keeps things fresh, and it gives you a new perspective where 
where someone's perspective might get starting to get kind of dull. Um, but I, I mean, some books I think you need to keep the same. Like your your mainstays, like your Batman, your Superman, like you need to have a core team for that. Your your Nightwing, you should probably have a core team for that, depending on how much it plays into Batman. But it, I, I think switching creative aspects or creative teams on these books, it's fine because you get new blood, you get yeah, new but voice. They but do it a lot. Yeah, they do. Like it switches and, from book to book. Like you could you could almost tell when when the original writers and artists can't keep up, so then they bring somebody else in to 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 help it out, and then they'll go back, and then they're bouncing back and forth. Yeah. So then when you know, and you know, just like you know, we've talked about before is artists more yes than writers because you get used to looking at someone's art style and you yeah. and and so just like uh remember batman new 52 remember when they they got close to the end and remember they started switching and you yeah. were you were like i don't even want to read this because it's not capullo because it just it just doesn't look right and i think that's that's been a hard thing with dc too is that they, they just keep switching it around and so you get this new one, you're like, ugh, I almost don't want to read it because I don't really, you know, it's not what I'm used to. I don't really like this art of this guy that's going to be for one book. You know, then you have to muscle through one book and just hope, okay, hopefully in two weeks, they're back. And I just, I, that's, that's, I think that's the biggest, the biggest downfall with this continuous bi-weekly thing. Is it's hard for them to keep up. It's hard. And, you know, and we said that in the beginning. How long do you think everyone's going to be able to keep up with it? Yeah. And it showed about a year because that's when everybody started. That's when everything started to switch. That's when the writers switched. Yeah, that's, that's when artists well, switched. Well, that's when writers and artists switched. That's when the the first title price hike took place where they, they broke off a bunch of titles and switched them from biweekly to monthly and then raised their prices and... Because they did, now, they did two years worth of books in one year. Well, I just think that's that's the same way with with any company, like even Marvel. Like Marvel's getting ready to reboot here soon with their Marvel Initiative, and it's the same thing. Is they get too big, it, and we did it with this podcast. Is you get too big for your britches. You you get one successful item, and then you're like, all right, cool. How can we expand? And I think you try to expand too quickly, and you. You so they go from their core their core titles your Spider Man your Captain America your Avengers your Batman your Wonder Woman your you know Justice League you expand too quickly and next thing you know you've got so many titles and so people are like I'm tight for money I can't read all these titles and so you start taking a profit hit because you're printing all these books but. Maybe people aren't aren't buying Lobo number forty two right now, or you know it's, or they're not buying whatever you know. It's you you expand too quickly. They don't give it over time and, and see like what the demand or what the interest from the people are. And I just I don't know. I would do things differently if I was in ahead of Marvel or DC or someone in charge of the comic division. I would I would look at doing things differently. And looking at a different market strategy and kind of make it a supply and demand market a little bit more where, you know, they, okay, so we got Justice League right now going on. This has been a hot book, you know, and kind of watch what people are saying on social media about, oh man, I really like this character. I really wish this 
with a book and then expand from there. Don't go rushing out to give us a Blue Beetle or don't go rushing out to give out all these characters right away. I'm sure there's fans of these standalone books, but it's okay to have them in a team-up book. It's okay to have them make appearance in someone else's book. They don't need their own standalone books because not only that, a lot of these heroes don't have villains to help carry that book. Yeah, and, th- and that's where they end up falling flat and then they end up wondering why there's you know why what happened to sales and it's you know it's you know with a lot of artists and writers too it's it's you know it's it's hard to create that draw sometimes with some of these characters like for one i think one of the best examples i can give is cena grace who's a friend of the show his book iceman his book iceman like a lot of people are saying well i don't know how how Iceman's gonna do and he doesn't have a standalone villain like i don't know how he's gonna be that draw cena kind of flipped it on its head and he's focus that book less on the villains he fights but more on bobby drake personally more on iceland personally and his personal struggles with being gay and the and be you know being part of the lbgt community and and his struggles with coming out with his parents and his his struggles with internally with what he's become and his struggles with the fact that his younger self is here and in the present time and he's open and and as gay as can be is it's where the current Iceman, current time Iceman, isn't that way. He's more closed off, more reserved, still trying to hide it. He, he's dealing with his relationship with Kitty Pride, you know, telling her. And it's just this whole thing. And it's more, yeah, he doesn't have the villains to focus on it, but he's focusing on it from a personal storytelling standpoint instead of a normal comic book hero versus villain standpoint. And I think that's where he found I think that's where Cena found a really nice niche with Iceman is he actually just, he gave it a whole different angle. And he gave it something that's a little bit different. I think that's really what intrigued writers or uh, readers. Just just bringing something different to the table is sometimes, you know, just a breath of fresh air. Well, yeah, and he gave this character that subsequently was just in the background of X-Men or was, was one of the original X-Men, but wasn't really, he never really got his time to shine. And he gave him his own, his own story, his own personality, his own, his own niche, you know, his own thing. Are you and, still reading it? Um, I am, yeah. Is it so? They I, just, what issue is it on? Well, they stopped and now they're relaunching as part of the Marvel Initiative. So they, I didn't have them in the comic book shop. I haven't picked up number one. I think number one came out or it's coming out of volume two, but it's been really good. I mean, like I said, I've really liked, I've, I've been more fascinated with the book from his storytelling standpoint of seeing Bobby's struggles as a person than I have against his his enemies and like he had he had Bobby fighting Dak and Wolverine's son and like he's he's brought in some some obscure characters to be to have conflict with but he's not he's not focusing on that so much he's focusing more on his day-to-day life and what the world is is treating Bobby not only as an X-Men but as a as a gay mutant as a gay mutant as a gay man in America with mutant powers like he he's focusing more on that than he is the the battle of good and evil and and everything like that. Hmm. I just think that, he, like you said, he carved himself a nice little niche right there with with doing so and doing that. And I think Steam is the perfect voice to to be running that character. And I wish him nothing but the best going forward. And hopefully, he can continue writing Iceman for years. But that's I mean that's that's just a one off. I just. I don't know. I, at some point, I wonder if maybe I just 
I just gripe to gripe and if I've just been showing my age <laughs> and been in this this industry for too long when you're like okay look like quit fluctuating prices don't quit changing prices on me like you get me into a story I'm into a storyline and now you want to change prices on me like I don't know it's they're like oh well, we're dropping our we're dropping all of our logos and stuff off of our our variant cover so it's just going to be a blank uh a cover like there's not gonna be any branding on it That's i love cool. it because it's almost a virgin cover that like yeah i think i i think did i send it to you but like the last cover flashed was a matina cover so matina i got the matina cover and the Raphael albuquerque cover uh for flash and detective and oh man they look awesome without any there's one small dc logo like in the top left corner but other than that, it's pretty much like a virgin cover, and it's really cool. This I think I think that's awesome of DC to do that. I think that should be more of a thing instead of it being a like an expensive, expensive variant. Getting the virgin, I think most versions because you know it, it's almost. I don't know if you're a big fan of Matina's art, but uh, it just it just looks so awesome. Did I send it to you? Yeah, I've I've seen it. The reverse flash cover. Yeah. But he's he's done a few flash covers and they're just I don't know I just think they're awesome like that. I I, it, I applaud DC for doing it. And it, I mean in a world where social media is rampant and everything gets leaked online, at some points you just gotta kind of read between the lines. And I guess that's kind of what I'm doing a little bit here with this whole DC thing is I'm trying to read between the lines of what's really going on because it's just suspicious that. They came out and they're like, we're gonna ru- we're gonna raise all of our prices up to to three ninety nine, and that like just sitting there. I remember recalled like they said we would never do that. Like it was it was they harped on the fact that it was gonna be a two ninety nine price point, and how great that was, and how how much of a deal that was for the consumer. And it it makes me wonder if their their reader base. It, I mean, you read, you hear every month that comic book sales are down and you it just makes me wonder if if that's it, it that's got to be an effect of it is that their reader base is down so now they're they're jacking up the price on the books to offset the difference then they should also make it once a month to offset it then too Why? like it, it should be an all around it should be an all around like a 360 type of thing because i mean that's dumb to keep it at twice a week then if you're trying to offset costs then make it once a month. Yeah, I agree. And then I think we're gonna we would keep these writers, and we would I, I think we would come up with some awesome storylines that aren't rushed because I think sometimes they feel rushed of what's going on with them. Like sometimes Flash, I love Flash. It's probably that'll be one of the DC titles that I keep. Sometimes it feels like uh, n- new villain rush 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 conclusion. New villain, rush, 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 rush. You know what I mean? Like they're they're trying to burn through to keep it going, but maybe if you spread it out a little bit, it would be, you know, you have some time to, to develop it and not overdevelop it like slot and then crash and burn it and boring it. That's but. why they've had to bring, <laughs> you know, reverse flashback four times now. Right. And it's kind of cool what they're doing is I don't like you know. This next story arc for Flash is going to be more of the Flashes, and I think that's going to be kind of cool. So I guess maybe they are building up to some kind of shift and something that's going to change. 
but we'll see. That and that's what I'm I'm we're kind of reading between the lines about is is War of the Flash is going to be bring us a new status quo shift like Flashpoint did. It's four issues, so I'm hoping it doesn't. I think they're gonna. It, someone's gonna go. You know what I mean? Either Barry's gonna go, or you know what I mean. That's yeah. that's what I'm assuming. What's gonna come out of this is is you know because they kind of built up in this last issue is uh, what happened was they're they're like you know instead of trying to make you know Flash the greatest that he is, why don't we turn it on him and let's let's make the Flashes battle and, that, and that's actually what the whole premise of what the last issue was so that you know what I mean that's like instead of you know we're trying to make him the greatest flash ever and try to see his true potential that he won't see we're going to turn it against them and we're going to make them realize that they're not and we're going to make them doubt themselves so well I think if they if they write off Titans Wally West the white Wally West I, I think that signifies the end of the rebirth there. I think that just means that they are completely done with, with rebirth and they're moving on. And, See, and to, with to, the rebranding, that already, it's already what it feels like. But I just think because he was the main point of, of rebirth, he was the kind of the glue that held everything together. He was the driving force behind it. And I think if they write off Wally West, that Wally West then that signifies that they're moving in a new direction. See, I think the opposite. I think they're going to get rid of Barry. But see, I don't think so. Because... Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Just because they, they put so much into Wally in the beginning, that's why. Yeah, but getting rid of Barry right now, Barry is what people know from the TV show. Barry, Barry is the Flash that people know from the TV show. A lot of people didn't know that Jay Garrick was the original Flash. You know, a lot of people didn't understand... You know, Barry Allen and, and Wally West and and all that. Like the, Barry Allen is the Flash, and, and with the the popularity of that CW show, and the people that I don't know how many if it even made a difference driving from that show to the book. It, you know, they're gonna alienate half an audience if they kill off a main character like that. I think I think it's good. I, I don't know. You might be right. You could very well be right. They could very well be like, listen, we need to. We need to flip this on its head. We need to do something. So we're going to get rid of Barry and Wally is going to take over the mantle. That that could very well happen. I just see that because what's happening in Flash. I don't know if you're still reading Flash or not. No, I built on Flash a long time ago. Is is It's really good. Is is Barry's going through like this like reality check of life. And he's like, uh, you know, he's lost his powers and he's had to regain his powers. And what's happening is... Is Iris and everybody and Wally is starting to get all of the uh, Wally memories back. Like his, his the, everybody's memories of him are starting to come back to like almost like he's becoming into fruition. You know what I mean? Like he's becoming more solid. And Barry's going this thing where he's questioning himself. He's questioning being the Flash. He's not sure if he should be the Flash anymore. You know, he's thinking about being a regular person. And then you know, and so he's you know he's. And so that's why I think they're kind of, I think that's where they're kind of pushing it that in that direction. But I could be wrong. They could just be, you know, to keep me reading. But that's that's well, just that's just what it seems like to me. That's what this show is all about, Kyle. Is speculation, <laughs> right? Speculation on what's going on in the conversation, man. 
the conversation, man. But I but I don't know. I just I just I feel like there's something DC is holding back from us, rightfully so, and they're not. They're trying to keep it played. They're trying to play it close to the chest. I mean, I don't mind if they drop their titles. I don't mind if, as long as the titles that they do have that I read that are that they're good quality, then then I'm cool with it. Just make sure what you're doing is the best that you can do. Then you know what I mean? Because I don't want to go through all this, and then I, you know, there's no reason to reboot. Everything's going on kind of a nice pace. If especially if they were to go to once a month, I think it would be even better. But I think, you know, there's no reason to reboot it now. Marvel, I see a reason to rebooting. They're just, they're in a shitstorm. They're, they're a dumpster fire right now. They, well, they need to do agree. something. I absolutely agree. There's no reason for DC to reboot. That's just, that's the rumor that's out there. That is the rumor that's been going on for a few weeks now that Jim Lee had to take to Twitter to, to, to calm down. And the moment you have a big figure step forward and, and say, listen, that's, that's not happening here quit spreading lies okay you're automatically you're like oh man okay so that means that something's going on and they're playing damage control because somebody found out when you weren't supposed to find out yeah something came to light that that's that's what this world has come to is that everybody looks at that as oh no they're playing damage control so obviously we're in the right we're heading in the right direction so let's see what else we can get scott snyder was also uh denying the possibility of another reboot as well there you go. The more, the more, because it, it was, what was it? Rebirth is not a reboot. Rebirth is not a reboot. Rebirth is not a reboot. It, it pretty much was. You you can call a turd a daisy, but at the end of the day, it's still a turd, you know? They were calling it more and, of a correction. Yeah, but, and and I guess in a lot of ways it was, but it's, it's still, I don't know, it just... It feels like when you have all these people coming to rush to say no, no, it's not. They're taking the time out of their day to to crush the rumors and and to quarrel people's curiosities to say no, it's it's not. This isn't what's happening. It it sparks that fire that people are like. Oh man, they're playing damage control. Maybe this we're onto something here. Because I mean, it hasn't even been two years since DC rebirth. Marvel reboots every year. Marvel reboots every summer. Marvel, all, Marvel now, all new Marvel now. Oh yeah, it's true. Now, yeah. Now the Marvel Initiative, and then they went to Marvel. What was it? Marvel Legend, Legend or Legacy? Yeah. And now it's like, okay, you know, it, what are you gonna reboot into next? You know. Ooh, here's something bleeding cool, dude. The next DC crisis may remove Batman and Superman marriages. Oh, oh, wait, what? So, wait, 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 wait. So you're telling me that they're going to blow, spend all of this time leading up to this Batman-Catwoman marriage <laughs> only to turn around and remove it? I don't know. That's just what it just says. The next DC crisis may remove Batman and Superman marriages. That was from May 11th. So... You're going to remove his marriage to Lois Lane and remove Batman's marriage to Catwoman, which just made the last few months of Batman. If, if that happens, that makes the last few ba- months of Batman just absolutely obsolete. You know, I haven't really been reading Batman. I've been reading just I've been Justice League. I've been reading Detective still. The Detective's still really good. And Flash, Super Sons, Batman Beyond. Those are really the main titles that I've been reading. I haven't really been reading Batman. See, I've... 
I haven't been reading anything DC lately. I cut my titles way back. Way back. That's probably what I'm going to do tomorrow when I go to the comic book store. I'm still, I mean, I'm still subscribing to Batman, but like the only DC book I'm subbing to right now is Batman and I think Teen Titans. <laughs> and then like Marvel, I don't even know what I'm going to do. Marvel's all new Marvel. I mean, the all new Marvel stuff. The Marvel initiative stuff, I'm going to probably only subscribe to Spider- Amazing Spider-Man so far. Like, that's that's all I have an interest in. And that's only because Otley's doing the artwork. And I've been craving to be part of an Amazing Spider-Man book. Like, I love Miles. Miles is my dude. But with Brian Michael Bendis not running him, writing him, I don't. I feel like that's a character that's going to be lost in the wayside. Spider-Man? Peter Parker? Uh, oh, Miles. Miles. I think so, too. Yeah. I, I just don't think someone someone else is going to do it the justice that Miles, it deserves. Miles is going to be one of those characters that it's going to fall onto the fans to keep driving forward and keep moving forward because I just don't think anyone other than him him and anyone other than Brian Michael Bendis's hands. I just I think he falls flat. He's a very particular character. Bendis had a very big bright plan from him from the beginning and he was executing it very well. And now that he went to DC and sign exclusivities over there it's like it's going to be interesting to see how his properties what happens to his properties are you going to buy his uh dc books no i'm not no i can give him a shot just to see what it says just to see what he's gonna say. i don't i do you underestimate my pure hatred for superman <laughs> i won't buy a superman title i don't care i won't do it i i just don't like superman i call me crazy Call me what you will, but I just, I don't, I don't like Superman. It's just not, not my thing, man. I'm just, I just want to check it out just to see what, just to see him write Superman. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not. It'll probably be too much. It'll probably be $5 or something. And I won't want to spend that much on it. Well, I don't know what's going on. Nah, it'll be four. Yeah, you're probably right. It probably will be four. We're probably not wrong there. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, it's a struggle. It's a struggle that we'll have to see what happens. Because I mean, there's really been nothing to come out about it. Where it's just pure speculation, but. To me, just something, something doesn't feel right with, with the way all of this is going. You know. I hope they don't reboot or rebirth or unbirth or any birth. The unbirth. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the unbirth. Like it's it's fine that a lot of the t- you know cut back your titles. I'll say it for the nineteenth time now. Cut your titles back. Make everything once a month, and I think you'll be all right. Cool. Sound like a broken. Record. I know. I can't. I just. I. I have to keep repeating it because I feel like I'm not driving that point home enough. Cut your titles. Burp 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 it is. It's been really good. If you guys aren't watching Fear the Walking Dead this season, you need to change that. Like, ASAP. 
I swear. Fear the Walking Dead is everything that Walking Dead has not been. You are not wrong. And I don't know what it is. You know, maybe nobody's safe. I, I like the way that they're alluding a lot of things. Like Madison, like she's, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's freaking dead. I, I, <laughs> I agree. I like that the last episode, it focused on two of the new, the new characters. I really thought that was cool. And they're, how they've met like someone that they're talking about in the past. And, and then like the new like cowboy-esque guy, like, I think it's cool that they showed their relationship because he was looking for her this entire time. And, you know, she's been dead or whatever. Who knows what happened to her? We don't know what happened at the, the baseball field yet. But I really like that it showed their dynamic and showed them going from complete strangers to building a relationship and and kind of learning to trust one another and, and stuff. And I like that you find out, you, you get to see a little bit more about what makes them them. Like you find out that she was she had a kid and she lost her kid at some point during all of this and then you find out that he was a police officer he used to be a police officer and he shot a man you know robbing a store so you 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 see like because he has a huge issue with guns you, you see their moral conflicts and that's what i that's what i'm absolutely starting to love about fear the walking dead is you're getting more of of they're building the characters they're building the people and it's more about the relationships and the people and and their their will to survive and what that's led them to this place than it is about conflict and zombie killing and yeah they've got the conflict there but there it's more focused on the people and the relationships than it is fighting this this giant conflict and i think that's kind of where the main walking dead has has lost the step is that when it first started season 1 was more about the people and more about you know the relationships they were building together these strangers becoming a group and having to travel together and now you, they're kind of embedded they're a family and it's it's more about fighting to keep what we have rather than the, these relationships so i'm hoping that with the introduction of new characters coming next season like magna and some other new characters to the walking dead if they bring them in that that kind of offsets that and resets the the tone but right now i think i think fear the walking dead has surpassed the walking dead as the show to watch I, every time i see that cowboy dude i think that other show he used to be on and it's all i see when i see him what other show was he that? was on oh god it was a it was a show on fox i'm trying to find it right now and what it was is he was married to the one of the chicks that was in the goonies and they had a kid, and then the kid had a baby with a serial killer. And what the fuck was that show called? But that's all I see is he, is him as that character. I don't see him as the character that he is now. I, I can't, oh, you, you sold me now. I can't... Oh, what was that show called? God dang it. It was called... Uh, oh, they had a baby. Oh, I don't even remember what it was called. Someone's probably screaming at me right now as to what it's called, but that's all I see is and he was he played and he was like a, a landscaper and a pool guy, and he was like dumb and ditzy and that's all I see when I uh, when I see him. I don't see him as this character that's in Fear the Walking Dead yet. 
I can't get past this other character. I'm trying. I'm trying to I remember. I don't know what show you're talking oh, about. Oh, it's driving me crazy now. Let's see. I'm gonna Google it right now. Uh, but it's. It was only on for a few seasons too. Uh, let me do cast. It's just driving me crazy. I've been trying to think of it even before. It's the problem is they're not showing just the cast of season three. Like, it's still showing Cliff Curtis as the one of the cast members. Remember that dude fell out of a helicopter? Oh, yeah, he's the... Madison's the, husband? Yeah. He could still be alive. Right. Man, what a bummer. I, I was trying to think of it for a while so that I could actually... Is it, is it Raising Hope? That's it. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know he was in that show. You, oh, did you Google him already? No, I didn't. I just, I was just trying to think of Fox shows with a baby. Raising Hope came to mind. Yeah, that's what it was. Are he, you sure? I'm positive. All right, I'll take your expertise for it. Hold on, I'm even gonna. He was uh, yeah, because he was funny in it. Because he was so dumb, everything that he did. His name's Garrett Dillahunt. That's his name. Dillahunt. Dillahunt. Yep, that's him. Maybe it's not him. It is him. That's him. Is it or isn't it? Is he or isn't he? Is the question. <laughs> Here it is. Yes, that's him. Is it or isn't it? Maybe because I was looking at season three instead of season. He's going to be a season four regular. Says a Fear? Yeah. Ooh. Fear the Walking Dead enlist Garrett Dillahunt as season four regular. Ooh. Naughty. naughty. Maybe because that's where we're in, we're in season four. Yeah, right? <laughs> But yeah, that's him. He was also in another movie, uh, on another show that was on uh, USA. I follow his career. I actually like that guy for some reason, I guess. (laughs) guess It sounds like I have like a huge man crush on him (laughs) or something. (laughs) It's almost as bad as your love for Jared Leto. I guess. Jeez. Uh, But let's go ahead and move on to the saga that seems to just keep growing and have absolutely no end in sight. And that is the saga of Stanley. I'm starting to feel so sorry for him. The saga of Stanley is best put as a slow-moving car crash that you just can't look away, especially the last couple months of his life. Um, it just came out uh, over the weekend that Marvel Comics icon Stanley um he, he keeps making countless headlines over the past few months from health scares to reports of elder abuse. And now as of late, he is suing his former entertainment company, Pow Entertainment for $1 billion. $1 billion. $1 billion. And, and he's doing it on the basis that his partners in uh, Pow Entertainment and CEO Shane uh, Duff and co-founder Gil Champion either tricked him into signing over exclusive rights to his name and likeness or outright forged his signature. Now TMZ is reporting the lawsuit deal deals with a 2017 sale of power entertainment to a, um, a Chinese based company. And according to Lee, he was unaware of the sale that was taking place and he was in the middle of a tough period in his life because his wife was his dying and his vision's deteriorating and now he's got to have everybody read everything to him and so in order for power entertainment to sell the company lee would have had to sign the agreement which he claims is something he never did in fact a quote from a lawsuit 
um, from Lee's lawsuit claims that the most important and prized possession Lee and his family own in his entire life is his name. And the site goes on to state how Lee wouldn't give Disney the right to use his name when the studio bought Marvel movie rights for $4 billion in 2009, which can be used as an example of why Lee wouldn't forfeit his name in this case. You know, and his lawyer comes out as to say that that Stanley does not recall anyone reading the legitimate documents to him and, uh, or the illegitimate documents to him. And due to his advanced, um, macular degeneration, he could not have read it himself. Um, according to Hollywood Porter, while the, uh, illegitimate document, um, purports to contain Lee's signature, Lee never knowingly signed it. So he's saying that they forged his name to the documents and then now he's going on social media on Twitter and he's releasing Twitter videos and he's, he's asking his fans for help because he's saying that this company owns and his post owns uh, his Facebook and his Instagram and he's they're masquerading as Stanley and posting stuff from the to his account without his permission pretending to be him and it's not him and of course you know you have the CEO of Power Entertainment saying these allegations are preposterous and Stanley's already suing his old former manager for for taking advantage of him and stealing money from him and, and selling vials of his blood. It's it's just this whole situation that just keeps getting weirder and weirder. And he like I said, he's he's claiming on Twitter. So now like I was saying, he's crying out on Twitter. He came out and did his first Twitter video, he calls it his first Twitter post, because he now has he's the sole owner of his Twitter account and he's thanking his fans and he's he's telling his fans he loves them and he's putting out pleas to his fans to somebody help me get my 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 facebook and instagram account back help me get my name rights back and it's it's getting it's getting sad it's been sad i mean just because it showed that maybe he truly has been robbed blind literally blind but i'm Like, I'm sick of hearing about it, and I'm sick of reporting it, and I'm sick of you guys. I'm sure you guys are probably sick of us talking about it, too. But it's just, it's one of those things, man, that just, it's like I said, like a slow-moving car crash. You can't look away, because it seems like every week there's a new turn in this saga. Or, like, like when you feel like it's just about over, something pops up and it's like, no, we're still here. This is still going on. And I don't know if it's the people that Stanley keeps around him. I don't know what. Now we're not talking about something, like I said before, we're not talking about something a convention has anything to do with. Now we're talking about his personal situation and the people around him. Like, if if Power Entertainment is... is if you're saying Power Entertainment forged your your signature, those are some big allegations. Could it be that he's, he's elderly and he's in his mid-90s and he forgot? Absolutely. But his daughter is also part of that company too. And I think she would have had to sign off on it as well or at least been some sort some part of it i'm not 100 sure on that but i know she's part of that board so she would have had something to do with it too so it, it's it's just weird the way this whole stan lee thing is is playing out and it's almost to the point where it, it's terrible to say but you're like okay maybe it's time for him to go so he can get a little bit of peace you know, because they're they're printing him around, and now this like. I just I think someone needs to intervene, look at actually what's going on, look at everything, 
I think he needs a trustworthy person that's in his corner to actually like someone needs to sit back and help evaluate and actually try to get to the bottom of actually what's going on. Because you have all these, you have all these. I'll do it. Name celebrities reaching out to him. Kevin Smith offered to let him come live with him and take care of him. And, you know, you have all these big name celebrities that are reaching out and it's like, what is, what is going on right now? What is going on in this industry? What's just going on with Stan Lee? It, it's just, it's so, I mean, it's sad. It's at the end of the day, it's, it's sad and I'm, I'm tired of reporting on it, but you kind of have to because it's, it's a collective of these. We could very well be documenting the last months or year of this guy's life and this this is the kind of thing that drives stress and, and mistreatment and those are the kind of things that drive an elderly person to an early grave and it, it's not every time I see Stan Lee he looks worse and worse yeah life is really kicking him in the balls like he was he went from spry to you know and I'm sure his wife dying had a lot to do with it but his wife was very intelligent and from what I understand she was up on the up and up right up until the day she passed away so I wonder how much it just questions how much was she running how much was she keeping in line how much was she standing in the way saying no we're not going to do this no this is not going to happen you're not going to do this to my husband no this is not going to happen and now that she's that that roadblock's out of the way it's like a goddamn free-for-all hey behind every good man is an awesome woman yeah, and I'm sure you're not just saying that because your wife probably isn't just standing right behind you. But no, she just walked out of the room. <laughs> you know, it's it's just that you know I, I don't know. I feel bad for the guy, and it it just feels like ever since she passed away, it's been a downhill spiral for him. Yeah, I, I think before he was getting up and going, "Yes, I'm still alive," and I think now he's getting up and going, "Fuck, I'm still alive." It's it's to the point where you know he's he's gonna he's still gonna be profitable on name alone once he dies, like because he's Stanley, but he's gonna end up dying kind of like the way of of like a Joe uh, not Joe Schuster but of a Bill Finger penniless and with nothing, you know because these people are gonna suck him dry. Not if he wins that one billion dollar settlement. I I don't think he's going to. No. That's an absurd amount of money. That's, hey, they deal with a lot of money, though. I'm sure they do, but it's an absurd amount of money, and the accusations just seem... It just doesn't seem right. Like, all of a sudden, Stanley's coming out of here throwing accusations at everybody. I'm going to sue you for this, and I'm going to sue you for that, and I'm suing you for slander. It's just like... It's not... It doesn't seem like Stan. It really seems like there's someone driving him. There's someone behind him putting these ideas in his, in his ear. He's got a little bird whispering in his ear. That's what I, I that's what I think. I may be wrong. What, what do you think? I mean, he might not be too far off or maybe, may, I mean, somebody has to be, I mean, for him to always, like if this stuff's been going on and then now it's coming to light, there has to be someone saying, look, this is what I, this is what it looks like is going on. You're right. It has, there has to be somebody Maybe not whispering in his ear, but maybe he does finally have somebody in his corner that's like, what the heck is going on? What is this? What is this? What is this? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Well, I, I, mean, I can't tell if it's good or for bad. You know what I mean? Like if this person 
is doing it. You know what I mean? For good, like, oh my gosh, we need to help Stan. Or if they're doing it maliciously to, you know, let's get everything we can out of Stan. I I haven't figured out which one of those it can be yet. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to touch on this topic too much because we've talked about it in two episodes before now. But it's just something that we got to keep reporting on because it's it's a big deal right now in our industry and it's affecting pretty much one of the biggest names in the industry that's still alive today and one of the icons man the icons and it's it's crazy it's a terrible thing to see happen it really is it's a terrible thing to see happen but let's get on to some news and then get you out of here because i know you got to get to that dad bod competition dad bod contest the cw has completely rearranged its fall schedule for 2018 to where now shows are going to start on sunday Arrow and Supergirl are moving. So Sunday's lineup, you now have from 8 to 9, you have Supergirl. 9 to 10, you have the Charmed reboot. Then Monday, you're going to have from 8 to 9, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And then you're going to have from 9 to 10, Arrow. So Arrow is, so Supergirl is jumping from Monday to Sunday. Arrow is going from Thursday to Monday. Tuesday, you still have The Flash and Black Lightning. Wednesday, you have Riverdale and an all-new series called All-American. Thursday, you have Supernatural, and then a new series called Legacy. Friday is Dynasty, and then Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So Monday, what is Flash going against, or Flash Arrow going against on Mondays then? Um, not a whole lot, because there's not a lot going on on Monday. It would be like your your big your big ratings winner is every Monday, like uh, Monday Night Football, WWE Monday Night Raw, um, things like that. I don't think there's a whole lot, at least not yet, on Monday nights. So, like, I'm trying to think, what do I watch on Monday nights? I don't think I really watch anything on Monday nights. I watch WWE Monday Night Raw, and that's pretty much it. Tuesday is my big night. Tuesday I watch Roseanne. Tuesday I watch Deadliest Catch. Tuesday I watch Flash. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are like my big night because, like, my only thing I watch on Wednesdays is usually South Park and Riverdale. And then Thursdays is my my next big night. I watch Big Bang. I watch Superstore. I watch um, what else do I watch? There's Arrow usually. So that's Thursday. So Tuesdays and Thursdays are usually my big TV nights. But they've canceled. They're canceling a shit ton of shows. So I don't know what my TV nights are gonna be now. Like they Fox has gone through and pretty much canceled every single show they have. They brought a lot of them back. Um, like, well, the only one, the only one they brought back is Brooklyn Nine Nine. And did you they see? They canceled. They canceled Lucifer. Yes, they did. They canceled Exorcist. They canceled Brooklyn Nine Nine, which was then picked up by NBC. They canceled um, Last Man on Earth and brought in Last Man Standing, the Tim Allen show. I know so what a picked, what a bummer. I love Last Man on Earth. Uh, I mean, I like both shows a lot. I like Last Man Standing a lot, and I like Last Man on Earth. And I thought last this last season of Last Man on Earth ended on a huge cliffhanger. I was excited to see where that was going to go. But they ended that show. Gotham, next season is going to be the last season for Gotham. Uh, that's not a bad thing. I think they're going to be leaving it on a pretty decent note. So it's just... They're canceling just... A, a ABC's pretty much canceled a bunch of shows, like... A lot of shows are being canceled, and we're going to see what happens at Fox next year and see what will so, be interesting. Some of those shows on Fox deserve to be canceled, like The Mick. 
Yeah, I, I forgot about the Mick. That's a big thumbs down to that show. I tried. It's horrible. It was terrible. I've heard. See, I've heard mixed reviews. And I've heard some people that are like, "Oh man, it's really, really good." And then you're like, "Yeah, fuck that show." I I just found it to be just like a, very expected, very like it was being over the top to be over the top. Yeah, like they're do. It was, it was intentional, like because they could. Kind of like that dumb show that the creator of Sons of Anarchy did that uh, that uh, medieval show that he did like he just did a bunch of dumb stuff because he could you know like he didn't yeah. need to see the dude shitting on the toilet and wiping his ass right. you know what I mean yeah and I think that's a lot of what the Mick was and Brooklyn Nine-Nine I was actually just starting to get into Brooklyn Nine-Nine I watched my first episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine the other night and I, I laughed pretty hard at it so I was like Maybe I should go back and watch it. I'm sure. Wait, it's on was it the was it the episode where they were locked in and they couldn't go help their detective friend and and they were trying to fix the toilet? No. <laughs> it was an episode where they were trying to go find some murderer and so they were like flying to where he was being held up in a helicopter. Mm. <laughs> like it, it's a funny show. I've heard good things about it, but I just never. I don't watch too many Fox shows. It's just not a network I watch. And, I don't know. Some I like Andy Samberg, but then there's times where there's like too much Andy Samberg. Yeah. So I watched yeah. I watched it because it was in between shows that I watched. I mean, even Netflix has canceled a bunch of shows like that show um Everything Sucks got canceled. Like there's a Netflix canceled a bunch of shows too, so it's and so did Amazon. Like it, I don't know. I think it's hard with like what we were talking about before. There's so much, there's so much to choose from. It stuff just has to shine now. Well, and part of me wonders how much with like Roseanne, the Roseanne revival, and um, the Will and Grace revival, how much these networks are going to scramble to bring back old and revive old shows. I hope we get Cheers. I mean, you're already seeing the CW do it with bringing back Charmed. They brought back Dynasty, and now they're reviving Charmed. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, like, all these shows that are getting revived, how they do. Like, Roseanne has been, I'm still watching it. I love that show. Killing it. Like, I think that, I think this has been a bit better than the show originally was. So, I don't know. I just, it'll be interesting to see what, what that has to play into it. Uh, Star Wars Celebration 2019 announced dates and location. The 2019 Star Wars Celebration will be held April 11th through April 15th at McCormick Place in Chicago with tickets on sale June 5th. So if you want to go to Star Wars Celebration... I already bought my tickets. going to be in Chicago next year. Uh, Netflix will split Arrested Development Season 5 in half. The highly anticipated fifth season of Arrested Development will release in two parts with the first eight episodes arriving this month and the rest later on this year. Why? That's dumb. No, just to that seems to be a thing Netflix is doing now to like keep interest in their their stuff. Um, Amazon's Lord of the Rings will focus on a young Aragon. Earlier today, expert Lord of the Rings news reporter website theonering.net tweeted that they had breaking news on their hands. We've confirmed from multiple sources that Amazon Studios' new billion-dollar Lord of the Rings series will open its first season centered on a young Aragon. Uh, the tweet read, keep in mind this has not been confirmed yet by Amazon or any one of any notable um, reliability, so take it with a grain of salt. 
Uh, the studio's Lord of the Rings prequel series is still in early development. They have not been casting anyone. No announcements or production details um, have been revealed so far. And the series has no official release date yet. Wow. That doesn't get any more uh, backpedal than that. Right. And then to add to the already oversaturation of superheroes, Batman's butler is getting his own live-action series as as, um, Alfred Pennyworth will headline his own live-action series on Epic uh, from Gotham showrunner. The series is an original story that will explore Alfred's life as a former British SAS soldier. Pass. who forms a security company and goes to work with Bruce Wayne's father, billionaire Thomas Wayne. Pass. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be... Just like Krypton, man. Have you been watching Krypton? No. Did you see what they just did on Krypton? No. I. People are telling me, and have been telling me on Twitter, that Krypton pretty much just made it to where Brainiac is actually Superman's uncle. Pass. So if I'm wrong, let me know about that because that's what I've been hearing. But I, I'm not watching it, so because it's it's a Superman thing, and I don't care about Superman. Um, Zombie Land Two still in the works with the original cast. That'd be cool. There have been rumor, uh, there have been numerous discussions over the years about a potential sequel, but now the original writers um, confirm Zombie Land Two is being targeted for an October 2019 uh, release date. Zombieland 2 will be set 10 years in the future and feature the original cast. And then the last little bit I have for this week is uh, Batwoman is joining the Arrowverse in the next major crossover event. The CW's Arrowverse will add a new hero from DC Universe when Batwoman debuts on Arrow. The Bat Family hero, hero will take part in the network's big crossover for the fall season. Along with Batwoman, the Arrowverse is also getting ready to add Gotham City into the mix. Why not? It's already Batman with arrows anyway. Well, and they've already name dropped Bruce Wayne in it, and they, I mean they've they've made the connections to to it. And I wonder if that's kind of like with Gotham ending, they're gonna start letting him bring more and more into these Arrowverse shows. I mean, Supergirl already had Superman, so why not finally let fucking Batman show up? They already talked about Bat about Batgirl and Overwatch. You know, or that when they are going to give Felicity her her nickname Overwatch, they were going to call her Oracle, and he's like, "Sadly, Oracle's already taken." And fanboys were like, "Ooh!" And like, Legends already fucking um, pretty much brought in Wonder Woman in the Amazons, so why not bring Batman into it? You know, it's it's about time. Might as well. But that's all I have. Do you have anything else for this week? No, the DC thing was my big thing. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully we will see. I guess that's it. I guess I'll backpedal this real quick. Um, I guess that's it for this week's episode. Hopefully we see you all out at Phoenix Comic Con next weekend. I don't think there's going to be a show next week because with the schedule, it's really, really hectic. Um, If we do have a show, it'll probably be Tuesday. Um, What's next week? Uh, next, well, my birthday is my. We, you have pub trivia Wednesday. My birthday is Thursday. <laughs> Phoenix Comic Con starts Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it's gonna be a busy week for us. Yep, sure so is. So there probably will not be a show next week. I'm just letting you guys all know that now. But we will return 
better than ever the following week with stories from Phoenix Comic Con. If you're going to be in Phoenix area next weekend, make sure to come down and check out Phoenix Comics Fest. Make sure to come say hi to us. We'll be there. We'll be. You can hit us up on Twitter. Let us know you're around. We'll come say hi and hang out with you for a little bit and have a good time. I'll be I'll be wearing my absolute geek shirt. There you go. Make uh-huh. sure to go. Also, if you're in town next Wednesday, make sure to go ahead. Uh, what's the name of your wife's bar? You guys can message me, and I'll tell okay. you. Anybody, this is Kyle. Anybody who wants to know can message me, and I'll let you know where to be and what time. There you go. Don't miss Kyle hosting pub trivia at a bar at an unknown location in downtown Phoenix because um, it's secret people. I'll be doing it. Two, I'll be doing it two weeks in a row. There you go. So don't miss Kyle as he MCs pub trivia next Wednesday night. It'll be a good time. I'm sure you're going to be in good hands with Kyle. Did you get any questions yet? I have a lot of questions. No, I mean, did anybody submit you questions? Andy did. Oh, there you go. Way so, to go, Andy. Yeah, so I'm going to send him a little prize. Where back you at, Lance? Where are you I at? You can't, let, you can't let Andy show you up, Lance. Slacker. You can't let Andy show you up, Lance, from Houston. Andy had a good question. I'm surprised I didn't think of it myself. I'm kind of I'm well, surprised. Job, Andy. Yeah. I think Andy should get a prize pack just for being Andy. I always send him prize packs. <laughs> Your nudes don't count, damn it. <laughs> Your dad bod test shots don't count. That's all he wants, though. Oh, well. Andy, aim the bar a little bit higher, brother. But for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast... Oh, what was I going to fuck? The Absolute <laughs> bo- Beat Podcast? That's a new one. We're going to talk about beats. Well, whatever whatever you do, out. whatever other podcast you do, just stay, stick to those ones. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it for this episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And we will see you next time.